0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, 24 hours of BYU basketball mania. Mr. Triple-Double strikes again. BYU wins by 36, and Dave Rose dropping truth bombs on the rivalry.
1: Steve Young joins the program today. His thoughts on awkward handshakes and the dynamic that could be between Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum. Plus, game day for
0: number one ranked BYU men's volleyball and Terry Nashif of BYU Hoops
1: in studio. Just
0: remember, hashtag safety first. Let's go! This is
2: BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store,
1: simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan.
0: BYU Sports Nation live on a Friday in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, January 8th this Is how we do it. Glad to have you with us wherever and however you are dialed in. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the voice of number one ranked BYU men's volleyball,
1: Jerem Jordan. I'm very excited to be back in the uh, Smithfield house tonight with Steve Vale, who's had poor health recently, but he's going to be there tonight. He's doing great as well as you can do uh, for that situation. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, New setter tonight, new libero. Uh, ben Patch is back. But the
3: same John old Olm
1: mustache <laughs> on
0: Jerem's face. Yeah,
1: yep, the mustache will be there.
0: You may have no, noticed. No, it'll be fun.
1: If you're local, it's 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 awesome. Check it out. If not, watch on BYU TV or listen on BYU Radio. Yeah, that, Hashtag,
0: be- we that beautiful Algenon. upper lip hair is not going anywhere until BYU basketball loses a game.
1: Now, they play San Francisco Saturday. They play Gonzaga Thursday. It could be, If BYU wins in Spokane again, it could be a while. <laughs> and this could be... The worst experience of my life. <laughs> uh, again, a hairy I conundrum. Want, for every Jordan morning Jordan. I want to shave it. Every single morning. So really, yeah.
0: huh, okay. <laughs> By the way, last night, as fun as the BYU basketball game was, randomly Drake shows up at the Pepperdine game across the West Coast he's, Conference. He's
1: friends with uh, Murray on Pepperdine. Lamont Murray, Lam- Jr. Lamont Murray Jr. Okay, so yeah.
0: he's he's there breaking it down for Pepperdine.
1: Like in the he's in the locker room in the post game, and then Seal. Was that the LMU game? Yes, the artist huh? seal. Who was at the BYU? Kyle Van Noy was at the BYU game. We didn't have vocal point. <laughs> that was that was our Drake seal, and then vocal point. Hey, they, they nailed up, the man. anthem, dude. Live they nailed up. the anthem. This tweet just
0: in from at Ballers Intern. Already feel safe this morning with Spencer's safety. So BYU Sports Nation hashtag Safety
1: First. It is all about safety. It really is. And last night, the uh, construction management majors uh, that were in construction closed for safety in the BYU Rock. We, we called it. We said the Rock was going to bring it, and they did. Um, it really is about safety first. And when, when, the, uh, when the first whistle came, and it was, that's not safe. That's not safe. I, I knew the place was lit. As lit as Provo can be, Spencer.
0: Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. We're spitting fire. Men's basketball team beat Santa Clara 97 61 last night. Headlined by Kyle Collinsworth's ninth triple double, extending wow. his already NCAA career mark. He had 21 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. Crowd helped out. a lot, I'll have more on that in a bit. The Cougars, as Jerry mentioned, play San Francisco tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Assistant coach Terry Nash will join us at the bottom of the hour.
1: Women's Hoops beat Santa Clara as well on the road. 68-63 led by Lexi Rydolch's 27 points and Kalani Purcell's 17 points and 12 rebounds. A nice win for the ladies.
0: BYU men's volleyball opening the season against the back-to-back national champions, Loyola of Chicago, the third-ranked team in the country right now. That's live on BYU TV and BYU Radio, 9 p.m. Eastern tonight.
1: I'm getting excited just thinking about that. Gymnastics starts the season as well tonight, 8 Eastern at Utah. They will play a game with Utah uh, against the Red Rocks live on the Pac-12 Network. I should say compete. They don't play. They compete. Don't forget your helmets and all of your safety gear. Rise
0: and shut. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. January Madness for BYU basketball. You know, it's been an eventful, extremely interesting last 24 hours for BYU basketball why, as a whole. What would happen? <laughs> oh, goodness. An NCAA record-extended... BYU wins by 36. Hilarity in the crowd led by the BYU student section. Dave Rose Among opening another fans. can in the rivalry. And that brings us to the thought
1: Twitter thought question. You what was the best part of last night's BYU basketball game? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Lacey Dentist. Knowing that I was safely watching the game from my couch with my helmet on. <laughs> <It's>... Every... <laughs> hashtag safety first. Yes.
0: Let's... Safety's not a joke. Let's start with this. The ninth triple-double for Kyle Collins. Oh my goodness. Let's not overlook the value of what he brings to BYU basketball. Unbelievable. Extending his NCAA triple-double record. He needed three assists over like the last five minutes of the game. So every time he got the ball and passed it to somebody, all of the fans would collectively yell, shoot "Shoot it! Didn't matter if it was
1: Corbin (laughs) Kafusi, 30 feet away. Pass to Corbin. Shoot it! You tweeted out a link from, what was it, Teen Wolf? Teen Wolf. <laughs> like, uh, a guy gets the ball, and everyone's like, shoot it, shoot it. And then the defender goes, shoot it, fat boy. And then he gets mad and makes it. Yeah, yeah, what a classic <laughs> moment. Ninth triple-double, that's pretty legit, Okay. The, the NCA didn't keep track of assists until I th- sometime in the 80s, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Collinsworth's ninth triple-double passes Magic Johnson's unofficial eight triple-doubles, okay? So Michigan State fans have been all over this where they said, well, Magic unofficially had eight. So when Kyle got seven, broke the NCAA record, it was like, well, Magic had eight. Kyle tied eight and now has passed the unofficial mark of Magic Johnson's Day. Now, we don't know everyone forever, right, with triple-doubles. Oscar Robertson could have had 50. Who knows? But what Kyle Collinsworth has done has been unbelievable, and it makes it fun to watch a blowout when he's going after that. Now, should Kyle Collinsworth be in the game up 32 with five minutes left or whatever it was? I, I don't know. I don't know. But was it fun to see him get a triple-double? Absolutely.
0: I'm just glad it worked out well for everyone involved. And the, the funniest part is BYU gets a steal late in the game. Kyle's leading the break, and he, at that point, I think he needed two assists. He's yes. looking for anybody to pass. He's looking the ball for Corbin Kafusi. Where is everybody? Corbin was
1: tired or something? So Kyle just dunked it. So
0: he had, to like, he had to like settle for this. <laughs> Two handed over the head throw down. You're like, fine. The I'll disappointment dunk the
1: in that was hilarious.
0: Nick Emery had 23 points, broke out of a little bit of a shooting slump, five of six from downtown. BYU remains unbeaten at home. And of course, the BYU rock troll party was in full effect.
1: Before we get to that, Zach Sellius started one for seven from three. So everyone's like, oh, it's just an off night. He made his next three. His off night was four for 10. He's shooting 58%, which is fourth in the country. He was leading now, he's only fourth. The freshman off the bench for BYU, but you're right. The the rock was awesome. Those uh, moments we mentioned were good. There was uh, they saw Taysom Hill in the crowd who was sitting right behind us actually, and they said, "We love Taysom." We you know, love those, Taysom. Those chants. So.
0: they held up like a life size cut out of him over yeah. there, and that got a smile and away from Taysom. But uh...
1: Steve Young's on the show. We'll ask him about. Taysom Hill and that potential dynamic about Ty Detmer and his comments about Steve this week. That's coming up. Well
0: done, BYU fans and BYU Rock last night. Bringing it to the table. And all for the sake, or lack thereof, of the (laughs) BYU-Utah basketball rivalry. Okay, Then there's the latest drama with that 2016 game cancellation. Dave Rose spoke on the Zone Sports Network, local Utah station, and dropped some fire last night, starting with this, going back to when Utah went to the Pac twelve and BYU went to the West Coast Conference about continuing the series.
3: Uh, Jim Boylan and I spoke immediately and we decided, to, you know, asked what we're gonna do with the series. And Jim says, Hey, I, I love the series, I respect the series, I want the series. And I said, Well, let's let's just keep it the way it is then. Let's play home and home every year and uh and we'll, we'll schedule it
1: up. And, and he says, well, Dave, my, my AD doesn't want the series at all. Wait, what? Now this speaks to a bigger issue, right? Uh, I think that we maybe thought that it was Larry Koviac that didn't want it. If Chris Hill didn't want the series back then, back then, that says a lot. It seems like as soon as Utah got to the Pac-12, all of a sudden there was a, a fundamental shift. Obviously, we've had fun with the stickers and whatnot and, and that. But for some reason, even in basketball... Utah has opted to try and get away from playing BYU and that's not been a priority.
0: Then we find out that when this whole situation began after the BYU Utah game this year that Dave Rose received a voicemail from Larry Kriskovic stating that he doesn't think it's a good idea if the series continues.
1: Black, he, no. he broke up over the phone.
0: Yes, he's the he is the, <laughs>
1: the guy that's he, like, le- he left a hey, message? Um
0: yeah, it's, uh, it's not you. It's me.
1: Well, actually, um, it is you. You're unsafe. I, I just... <laughs> That's I, what it is. I don't think it's going to work out for us in the future. That, I can't believe that a message was left to distribute that information. That's too big and too much information to leave over a mail. And Dave voicemail. Rose used the word... You got to talk in person.
0: I was, he said, I was offended a couple of times during that interview yesterday.
1: If you haven't heard it, I tweeted out yesterday... It's it's a must listen interview. I mean, I mean, Dave Rose was quite candid about things. Also said this that he and Larry Chris Kovac have never, even in the, uh, the handshake line, phone calls, text from later, they see each other on the road in different venues recording. They have never had a conversation about player safety. How do you break up a series? With you, you, how do you break up and never talk about the the problem? How does that happen? That is poor communication. I used to do that and when I was sixteen in high school. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, there's no reason you could give that makes sense for canceling this. For whatever reason Utah chose that angle. Now, if I was Utah and I wanted to break up with BYU, I wouldn't have used that angle. Because now everyone's making fun of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the it, thing. And that's that's almost bigger than the breakup is the safety part. You know, that angle is odd.
0: I didn't have text messaging when I was in high school, however, though. So we just did it through written notes.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Back when I used to write with my hand. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. BYU in Utah for now, the game is off in 2016. For the but foreseeable with, future, But man. with all of this talk around and this, this backlash, and I, I choose that word in a calculated fashion because it is backlash and it's created a national stir. Tom Homo was asked last night during the broadcast on ESPNU with Roxy Bernstein about the potential – Of this game coming back for next year, neutral site also thrown around in there.
3: Listen to this. I think that the home and home on the campuses is a beautiful thing. Everybody has their unique home court advantage. I love what the Jazz do for us at Vivint Arena up there. But it wouldn't be quite the same. But if that was what we'd have to do to play them, I'd do it. Yeah, it's not the same. He's
0: right. It's not like playing in the Marriott Center. But I would take a neutral site game against Utah – Over none at all because BYU needs the help in their schedule next year.
1: Utah has to play a game in Provo, though they have to commit to a game in Provo before BYU should do a neutral game, right?
0: Maybe it's like a three-year contract where it's like, okay, we're going to play two neutral, and then will the third one will be in Provo or something like that? We could do
1: okay. Why are we doing neutral in the first place? Why? Why is it being? I don't like it either. I I don't like it either, but I'd rather play the game anywhere. Yes. Yes.
0: In other C- than, in other C- than at Utah. In Cedar
1: City or something. Let's play it in Orem. Let's play it in Lehigh in the middle or something. Is there a gym? Le- Lehigh High or something? The roller mill. We'll play it in the roller mill. Here's what Tom Hommel did last night, by the way. He put the ball in Utah's court again, saying, look, we'll play. We're gonna- we'll are gonna. we even go neutral. What do you have now? Come on. Conversation
0: happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join us. What was the best part of last night's BYU basketball game? at FinDaddy81 says the chant of that's not safe from the BYU Rock was pretty great. It was fantastic. That was very early. First hard foul like 30 seconds into the game. First whistle. And then the chants began. (laughs) Up next on BYU Sports Nation Steve Young returns to the program. What does a Super Bowl champ think about the rivalry madness and Tanner and Taysom playing together? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Join the conversation with the hashtag BYUSN.
1: Tonight, 9 Eastern time, the number one ranked BYU men's volleyball team starts the season against number three Loyola. You can watch it on BYU TV and listen to it on BYU Radio.
0: Jerem already has his... Olmstead Tournament stash rocking. Yeah, that's
1: that's why I grew it up. <laughs> that's the reason.
0: Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is our friend of the program, BYU superstar and NFL Super Bowl champion Steve Young. Steve, nice to have you back on BYU Sports Nation.
3: Uh, it's great, boys. You know, I drop off for seminary, pick up for seminary, drop off at high school, drop off at middle school carpool for elementary school and now you're catching me asleep in the driveway so <laughs> good, good luck to you dead props <laughs> good for, luck to you first
0: and foremost i think you should be up for an oscar after your performance in the at&t <laughs> college football playoff commercials that was amazing well, steve
3: uh well, it was super fun for me that joe would, would do it with me and and that we would we just had a fun time and it was it wasn't it it was awkward doing it cuz it was awkward but it wasn't awkward doing it together so it was kind of fun and we had a good day with Jerry and uh really i mean it for me uh uh i enjoyed being together laughing talking about the old days you know away from even taping it and and what's happened i just I really enjoyed the time together, and so when it aired, I I was kind of nervous, because you do those things, you're like, that's going to be so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know about that, uh, (laughs) Steve. You don't don't know. You know, you're like, I don't know, and... Then uh, I got I was I was up in uh, uh, in Utah for skiing and I someone texted me Hey I was hilarious I'm like Oh good it's starting to That's good I didn't know that uh, it would go off so well so that's great
1: I I truly believe that those could have been real bats the boat broke but I'm I'm not sure Can you shed some light on that
3: Oh no no they were not but uh, <laughs> I, we told Bo You have got Bo You've gotten so old you're digging the balsa wood so uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> really funny stuff. had a lot stuff. of fun with Bo, but we, we and that, that whole—I mean, think about it—that that group of guys, because Emmett's a friend, and Bo, we just had a really fun day. And I think that's probably why that they're 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 good spots because everybody there's nothing you know, unnatural about us doing those kinds of things. So I, I really do enjoy. It's like a little, uh, you know, retro get together. You know, like. Uh, uh, from an alumni thing so it was that that's that, you know the the commercials are really secondary to to getting together
0: Steve Young with us on BYU Sports Nation you have talked a lot about BYU and Utah from a rivalry standpoint the football game is now back on the Vegas Bowl was interesting they'll play second game of the year next year but now basketball decides to take a cooling off period because Utah and this is a quote is concerned for the safety of the players what do you think about this basketball cancellation between BYU and Utah?
3: Well, I would obviously rather the G- the ADs deal with it each other and how to kind of de-escalate amongst themselves so we can do it as a team. We've, uh, you know, throughout all the years, despite the, you know, the, the rigor of the rivalry behind the scenes, we always dealt with each other kind of, even in the old whack and, and, and uh, mountain West days, it was really the two of us against the, against the world. So there's a lot of good DNA in the past, and so this is probably not a great sign for that kind of relationship that I, that I thought was really strong. Look, uh, you know we hold ourselves out to be above the fray and and we, we, we are the fray, and that's not where we want to be. And we have to take accountability for it. Both from the bowl game a year ago, from what happened just last uh, month, and and you know just stand up and say, look, that's not who we are. We're gonna we're gonna distance ourselves from it, you know, fund fundamentally and, and institutionally, and that's just not. And and that's got to be, you know, athletic department wide. I mean, this is we're gonna we're gonna. Unfortunately, a couple of small, you know, a couple of in, uh, isolated incidents can be, you know, on the main stage. Start to get a you know you talk to my guys at ESPN and they, they they kind of talk about oh well BYU is no I mean it's like you just cringe you're just like no uh, absolutely not but I think you got to own it don't complain uh, take it and 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 let's let's move on let's let's make sure that uh, we button up from the in the, you know in the future I mean that's all you really can do because otherwise. You build um, you know, mitigation and resentment and, and all these other emotions that are wrong. They're not going to help you, and they're not going to help you out in the, in the marketplace where we, we really are as an independent, in uh, football especially, obviously, but in other places we, have a, uh, we are marketing. We will have to market ourselves as uh, you know, who we think we are, so let's, let's go do that.
1: Now BYU is uh, led by a new head coach in Kalani Sitake. What did you think of the hire of Kalani?
3: I love it. You know, I have to admit, I'm a, I, you know, Dave Dunn is Kalani's lawyer and, and negotiator for his contracts, and Dave's been with me for almost 30 years. So I had the pleasure of kind of being behind the scenes, helping Dave understand the rigors of, of the job and, 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 and the, the process. And I thought that was—hopefully that was pretty helpful there. Uh, I thought that he helped me get to know Kalani better. Uh, and I really appreciated that time. I'd known of Kalani, obviously, and I was a big fan. Uh, I don't know if I was the first one, but I was certainly one of the loud voices, hopefully, for Ty to join the two of them, and I, and I, 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 I suspect I was the one that put them together on the phone to get them started on a conversation and a relationship that I know went very well from the beginning. So... I'm, uh, you know, I'm on the hook here, <laughs> uh, uh, and I, but I, but I really do feel like uh, Kalani's embraced everything about what uh, you'd want. He's a football, uh, you know, he's just a leader and a football guy. And I really, I'm hopeful that uh, Ty, the two of them, look, they're, 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 they're looking ahead at uh, an incredible schedule with a, an incredible opportunity. And, uh, and I, as I said to Dave Dunn, you know, both of them have enough water to carry for, you know, for three, let alone the two of them. So I think that, uh, you know, they're both very humble guys. They'll work well together. Ty knows his place. Kalani knows he's a leader. Um, I, I'm pretty upbeat. I, I, I'm very, very hopeful, obviously.
0: Why was Ty Detmer the right fit to lead this BYU offense into a new era?
3: Okay, so historic, but i got to give you some context. Back when I was playing for the 49ers, Ty played back me up for a couple of years. And I've known, I've known Ty, and Ty before, always admired him as a college player. I recognized that he was capable. The game was slower for him than other people. It was just the 22 guys on the field most times overwhelm people. And sometimes over a long period of time, you actually start to handle it. Ty naturally just was gifted with the ability to have that not be overwhelming. And he always sensed, you know, he's always had a sense of, uh, if he had the body, I mean, who knows knows what he could have done as a pro except for those chicken legs. But I think that other than... (laughs) There it is! uh, uh, But if he had, but the truth is, when I'd come off the field, many times I would be sheepish and embarrassed because I knew Ty knew exactly what I was supposed to do. And I was like, I can't believe I was so stupid. I mean, Ty's going to be – I'm embarrassed to go you know, talk to him about it because Ty knew all aspects of offensive football. And so in that way, I, I just got a tremendous amount of respect for him. So I don't care, honestly, that he's been coaching in high school. The guy understands intuitively offensive football, and he can teach it, he can coach it, and he can call it. So I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Now he's got to go do it. At, a, at the college level, but my gosh, of all the guys, and I'm, I'm telling you, the in, most intuitive football players I was ever around, one was Joe Montana and two was Ty Detmer. And, I was just, if, I, and if I ranked them, I'd put them right there together, honestly. And so I, I just I, I have, I have, no qual, I have no worries about Ty being able to coach one or two of the better quarterbacks in college football together or separately or individually. I, have, I just have no qualms about it at all.
1: Yeah, and you answered the question that I was going to ask about, you know, the, the question about his experience and whatnot. But he did comment earlier this week about Taysom Hill being the most athletic quarterback to play at BYU. No offense to Steve Young, although he does make fun of my chicken legs. He's just put together more than Steve. Do you want, would you like to comment
3: on that? I agree. <laughs> I mean, I agree on the chicken legs and on the comment about, about but, but, I mean, that's what I really love, Ty, and it's fun. But really, Taysom was – I mean, I watched that first half. I remember – I talked about this last time I was on the radio with you guys. I remember watching him thinking to myself, he's going to win the Heisman. No one's going to stop him. So it's just – it's all about health. And I've seen other great athletes struggle staying healthy and then get on a run and never have an injury for years. You just I, you just don't know. But, uh, but certainly, Taysom is uh, – uh, you know, the two of them can work together. Two of them have a great spirit. I mean, it would not be a problem at all as far as just in the in the, in the the uh, film room with Ty. They could work that out, but I would encourage them both to see the field and a lot and just deal with it the way, you know, that uh, two great players can and uniquely different guys. But I don't know where Taysom is about it. Last time we talked, we thought Taysom might be headed somewhere else. Uh, but I just honestly, I, ever since we've spoken, I have no idea. I haven't spoken to Taysom, so I just don't know where everybody is.
0: Last night at the basketball game, he was sitting right behind me and the uh, student section made it clear that they, want, that they love Taysom <laughs> and they want him back. So let me ask you this, Steve. With guys like Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum, two very mature and now experienced quarterbacks, is there any sort of detriment to having both of them on the roster together?
3: No, I think because of the nature of the two guys. You've got to take, you know, neither of them are predatory at all. And both of them, and I think because they're in different, such different places, as a freshman coming in as a sophomore year and as a senior, you can say, you know, Tanner can say, look, I can do this for a year, and and Taysom can say, I can deal with the rigor of this for a year. I don't think, I, I hope, that if Taysom says, I'll come back, but I want a full time starting position. I don't, I would, I would love to think that this. The the I keep saying rigor, but the everything's rigorous with BYU right now. But with the schedule coming up, and uh, I just I get a feeling like having a two-headed monster could be a great thing. And and again, that doesn't always help. But I always felt like Joe and I created uh, a system-wide the creative tension that we had between us was all the beneficiary of that tension was always the team. Because the two of us never argued, we supported each other behind the scene, we were doing what we do when it was i when it was my turn to back up, I played that role, I did my best, I fringed, I didn't like it, I gritted my teeth. It was not fun, I wish I was doing something else, but because of the guys that were in the in the locker room, it worked, and so I feel like the same kind of thing here. These guys are very capable of having some tension, which is I think can be creative, and then the rest and and the beneficiaries of it. Are the are, are the team and, and BYU in general?
0: Steve, always great to talk to you. Just one last favor: next time you're in studio, be in Provo. Will you do your Ray Lewis dance for us?
3: Oh man, is that brutal! I just Ray thinks I'm the funniest guy alive. <laughs> Everything I do, he thinks he, he just he thinks I'm so. I mean, we have so much fun. Honestly, I mean, the fun we have is is off the charts. And so I got started doing that thing. Like, great, I'll do your dance. I didn't even know it. I didn't. I had never seeing it a couple times. And so I did. And he thought that was the funniest thing because who knows what I was doing? So I never actually watched it. I just kept doing what I was doing, and he thought that was hilarious. So then they had me on tape doing it. Then someone caught me doing it at the Packer game. Pretty soon it was a thing. Finally I watched it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm not even close. You know? The <laughs> <laughs> well, steak
1: dances in Connecticut didn't pay off, I guess.
3: Uh,
4: Seriously. We're, Seriously. Pu- we're putting the Academy,
0: uh, uh, Academy Awards on notice for uh, the commercials and the dance. Steve, great to talk to you.
1: Uh,
3: see you, boys. Take care. Thank you. Happy New Year.
0: Steve Young on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future.
1: He man, always brings it, man. Dude. We'll be breaking that stuff down there probably is next so, week, There too. is so
0: much there between the quarterback conversation, but uh, I love what he said about Ty, other than the chicken legs. That was good.
1: Oh, no, I love that part, too.
0: But him saying that he's right behind Joe Montana, 1-2 in terms of football intuition. Yeah, yeah, man. I Yeah. Awkward handshake <laughs> commercial is so good. Joining us next is Terry Nash. in fact, we've brought him up in studio
4: B right now, we've
1: never done this where we bring someone up before and talk to him.
4: And you come and with some business. It's to a good take time to start. Of, Cause yeah. there's a contest and I'm really excited about it. After my segment, you two are going to have a shoot off for a shooting shirt. Right here. These are nice. They're really nice. Oh, they're really, really, they're nice. really nice. You want to touch it, but just wait. You got to make the shot before you can have <laughs> it's it immediate. So right That's now we need, hey, we need a coin toss because okay. it's first to make it gets it. First to
1: make it. There's an you're, ice cream bucket over here and a ball. We're gonna do this after the break.
4: You're flipping, Spencer. You're calling. Let's okay, see who's okay. gonna get the first shot. Oh heads, let's go, baby. Tails it oh, is. Yes.
1: Oh, oh my! I like to receive. Unlike the Patriots. <laughs> Whatever,
4: dude.
0: You need that break. That's the only break you're going to get. Here like, it goes. You better make that shot, man.
1: Okay, after the break, we're going to do this, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, hold on. I'm the Play 60 kid. i got to warm up my arm.
0: Just saying, Terry, there might be some other things to talk about as well. Oh, Triple-double,
1: BYU-Utah.
4: No, 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 that's all in the backseat, okay. man. we got bucket okay. cut. All right, shoot. Terry I, now, I don't know what you're talking about. BYU. I'm here for one reason. <laughs>
0: BYU basketball on topic next. This an old school. Welcome back, sports friends. On a Friday, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: BYU Hoops play San Francisco tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. You can check that out uh, right here on BYU TV, BYU Radio.
0: Terry Nashif is with us in studio. We're going to have a shooting contest. We'll ask him about the game tomorrow, but again, The shooting contest takes precedence over everything. Women's basketball beat Santa Clara on the road 68-63, led by Lexi Rydal, just 27 points. Kalani Purcell had a double-double with 17 points and 12 rebounds.
1: Number one men's volleyball team starts the season tonight against number three Loyola, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio, 9 p.m. Eastern time.
0: Gymnastics opening the season as well tonight at 8 Eastern against fourth-ranked Utah and the Red Rocks live on Pac-12 Network. We now welcome in again... Terry Nash, of BYU basketball assistant coach and the mastermind behind the contest of all contests. How long have you been thinking about this, man?
4: It's been going on for a while. You know, I was going to do it last time I was on, and Jeremy got scared. So he <laughs> took the day off, and now I think he's ready. Right, uh, how
1: much uh, did this take away from preparation for Santa Clara?
4: Oh, this was late last night that it was oh, okay. going on. And okay. It, you know, the day bef- between games, when you play Thursday, Saturday. I don't like to watch the team that we're going to play because it clouds your mind a little bit as far as what's going to work against that team. And so it's an all-night thing, so it was late, and it's awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tweeted out a video. The shots, yeah, the shots will be going up in just a few moments. Let's talk about the game last night, first and foremost, Terry. Kyle Collinsworth pulls off a ninth triple-double in one of the most unique Ways that I've ever seen with the crowd, like fully invested, telling at one point Corbin Cafusi to take the pass and shoot the ball from 35 feet away. You're cringing, I'm sure, at that point. What was that like from the bench last night?
4: Well, I'm telling you, it was great because Kyle played tremendous. He plays so hard. Uh, there's a lot of talented players in the NCAA and NCA history. But uh, I think the thing that sets Kyle uh, apart in that is how hard he plays And uh, he's determined, and he does all things. And when he's playing at that level and at that pace, uh, that's why he's able to achieve these things.
0: There were some moments last night when he was chasing after the ball. Jaron mentioned to me last man, you see how hard Kyle is going after the ball out of bounds.
1: And it's like a 28-point game with six minutes left or something. But he he doesn't know any gear but fifth, I think. Was that the most uh, or one of the most complete games you guys have played all year? It seemed like everything was good.
4: I think so. When you look at the numbers. We love looking at numbers, and there's, you know, people talk about 21, they'll talk about 11, they'll talk about 10. But I think six is a big, big number for us, and that's turnovers that we had last night. And uh, when we're able to get shots and get our shots, we can track those things down, and uh, it really helps your efficiency. We were at 1.29 last night, and that's pretty good offensively. Wow, six turnovers. What's your goal
1: for efficiency? Huh? What's your goal for
4: efficiency? Just to win the game, yeah. but uh, efficiency-wise, you want to, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, as high as it can go. There's, uh, there's the the best thing is just in the game, finding out how we can score against these teams and what we can do, and if we're running clock or if we're not, where we're getting baskets, how we're doing it, and then at the end you look at the numbers and go from there.
0: The BYU Rock Student Section made it clear that the theme of last night was safety first. So with that in mind, as Kyle is approaching this triple-double mark and it's getting late in the game and you're
4: up by 30, at what point do you like, man, I want to keep him in, but we've got to pull him out? I think he had, he had a couple more chances, but uh, we were all really glad that Braden made that shot. It was a, <laughs> I mean, you talk about some clutch <laughs> shots last night. That was, that was a clutch. big oh, shot. Oh, man, yeah. Sellius
0: and Chapman yeah. with the threes uh, and then
4: Braden Shaw. Yeah, exactly. They, they had been zoned the last seven possessions. Uh, we called a play that would work zone or man. It was for Braden, and uh, he came through. It was it was great.
1: Nick Emery was crazy efficient. Uh, 23 points in 24 minutes, 9 of 12 from the floor, 5 of 6 from 3. What did you see from him last night that kind of
4: snapped him out of
1: a little funk?
4: I'll tell you, that he made some big baskets in that second half. We've had a little bit of an issue defensively the first four minutes in the second half, and uh, he was able to to hit a couple of those shots, and it really got us going. You know, our, our defense has... A little bit dictated by if we're making baskets and uh, that's the tendency of a lot of teams we've had here and this is no different especially a, a younger team uh, but those baskets he made were, were really important and then not only for the team but important for him he's been working on an extra after practice all week and uh, he's a scorer he knows what to do and it was great last night
0: terry nash of byu basketball assistant coach with us in studio b on byu sports nation you're the offensive coordinator of sorts if there were one in basketball mm-hmm. for this team And from our perspective, it just looks like the offense is much more fluid. The movement is better. Guys know where they're supposed to be. Uh, Not a lot of standing around. Where and why has the offense improved so much from game number one to where BYU is now?
4: Well, we changed a lot of things. We're a really young team. And I think I agree with you that everything is getting a little bit better. And that's what you would expect. Coach Rose gets better as time goes on. You look at his lead record in the second half. You know, the season, in the second half of league, and Coach is unbelievable getting his guys to be better and play better. Offensively, a lot changed this year. Um, so many plays were for Ty to get him in certain spots because he was so efficient when he got the ball in those spots. The other team knew he was going to get him in those spots, and we had to get him the ball there anyway. This year it's a little bit different, and we had to – figure exactly out how it was going to happen and then have the guys execute it and they're getting so much better at it and then you add in their league play is so different everything every time we'd call a play they'd be down there yelling exactly what was going to happen so you have to have counters for that and the guys have to x out execute it and it's similar to going to practice when the defense knows every play and and they're getting better and it's it's fun to watch it's fun to see
1: Zach Celius started one for seven, then made his last three. So he finished four for ten. That's an off night for Zach, I guess. Yeah, unbelievable. His I mean,
4: his, his, his percentage plummeted, and you know, going to 40%. 58. What? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> when did you know he was an elite three-point shooter? When you recruited him? Did you know then? Yeah, he, he was tremendous. we would watch him make seven threes in a game, eight threes in a game, nine threes in a game. And then uh, something happened, and he's been on fire.
0: The body language as a freshman uh, jumps off. The page to me, you know, per se, when you watch Zach. What is it about his mentality that makes him successful as a freshman when you expect guys to kind of look lost out there? He just, his body language, he looks like he's fully dialed, he knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing.
4: Great coach, great parents, okay, great basketball lineage and great kid. And then when you put him in Coach Rose's system, it's easy to feel confident out there because Coach isn't telling guys not to shoot, he's telling guys to shoot. In fact, he gets Way more upset. We get way more upset at guys when they don't shoot at times, when they're supposed to, our shots, than if they're shooting bad shots. And uh, that gives guys confidence. The way we control shot selection is we tell them, shoot our shots. If everybody's going into rebound, that's our shot. You know it. Different shots for different guys. And uh, it's, been, it's getting better. And six turnovers, again, it's a huge deal. That's why our offense is getting better is because of the turnovers. Okay, we've delayed long enough.
1: We would talk about San Francisco, but we don't care. Um, let's do the <laughs> shooting contest.
4: I care, but I really care about this contest. <laughs> Can I rebound? Is that our right?
1: yeah, okay? Yeah, Terry, yeah, you Terry's going to okay. be the rebounder. So we got an ice cream bucket over here. Just okay. we're not playing match. We're just playing straight up for this shirt, okay. right? You want to toss if This goes in. It's yours. It's okay. o- this is overtime this rules.
2: Okay, straight right. up. Now. Oh, oh, oh Jared, you had your
4: chance. Gosh.
0: Didn't even hit the rim. Okay. You know this is you know for the is, shooting is, shirt. You dude. know
1: this is going to go in, right? Okay. Let's see it. Let's see it. Oh, oh okay. All right. If if we don't make it during the time. That we have. We'll just go to brick.
0: You need to, we'll to, you need to take your time. Imagine. We're combined. This oh is worse for three. than you imagine. Oh, just short, just short. I want this shooting shirt bad. So here we go. You have a sailor crew shirt on. Oh!
1: oh. Okay, so Jeremy's short. We're we're combined. O for. Dude, five. I shouldn't have lifted this morning. The hustle I knew it.
0: of Terry and Ashif right now to be the the but ball shaggers. Terry, Terry is, uh... was sc-
1: scrappy as a player
0: too. Oh! Oh man, up we're the bracing j- the rim. This is great radio. We have about two more. Sh- we have about two more shots before we have to take this to break. Oh, oh Jerem. It Jerram. was right
1: there. It was Same. right there. Last shot before we have to go to break. For the one winner. more okay. shot e- each. Dang okay. It. Okay. La- last shot each. Jerem. no pressure on national TV. Line it porn- up. Porta sec from the side. Oh, oh Jerem, oh, that, that was, had no shot. That, that was a frozen rope. That was a Dwight
0: really Howard free throw. That was a frozen rope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. That's yes! it. That counts. Yes! That counts. Oh! <laughs> Shooting shirt.
1: Yes. One for 10. Nicely 10% done.
0: between Jerem Jordan Nicely and myself.
1: Sharp nice. I'm going to steal that from your office later. Terry, <laughs> thanks for coming on, man. I so appreciate to that. Did you eat all that ice cream to get that bucket? No, but it's Woosh Cecil. It yeah, is, it's, love it's, President Cecil. Yeah, delicious. He is. delicious. Terry,
0: always a pleasure to have you, man.
1: Great
4: to be here. Thanks, guys. You're looking guys. fly, by the way. Thanks. Always well-dressed, Terry Nash.
0: <laughs> Up next, it's game day for number one-ranked BYU men's volleyball. Sean Olmstead is in Studio B.
1: Dang it!
0: BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Remember, if you miss an episode of the show live, rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern.
1: Men's volleyball tonight. Number one, BYU number three, Loyola. The back-to-back national champs in the Smithfield House. The f- season opener, the first game for Sean Olmstead. A uh, new setter for BYU, new libero. There's a lot going on there. Check it out tonight, 9 Eastern.
0: Sean Olmstead back with us in Studio B as the head coach of the number one ranked BYU men's volleyball team. He is clean-shaven. Jerem Jordan is not. Jerem Jordan has the Olmstead Tournament <laughs> stash rocking. I need
2: you to rate it right now. Oh, geez. I saw Jerem the other day. That's – that's – Pushing three uh, out of a ten, <laughs> out of four—that's amazing. We but but hold on, before we get started, I got—I did—I like to bring things, and i, I uh, unlike other schools in the area, I keep my word and I keep my commitment. And uh, so, yes. I've got something uh, I've owed Spencer for a while. So. Whoa! Wait, this so is Spencer gets a shooting shirt and something today. This
1: is Swag Day Jeez. for me. We both have sailors. Hey, food I earned right this, right this shirt to take shirt. care oh, of. Oh uh, snap! Of, oh, okay.
2: oh. Uh, what is this, Christmas Spencer, for Spencer? Oh, so.
0: Okay, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. The Kobe Bryant. Yes, Kobe Bryant. Oh,
2: Sean, thank you so much. You're welcome. Like That's I said, awesome. I, I keep my word. I, 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 uh, yeah, thank unlike others, wearing, I do I'm keep my word. I'm wearing the ones you get. Yeah, I, I noticed. I did notice. Mike there you Paul go. The, that was, what, operator. a year ago or so? So uh, provided by... Uh, the volleyball program's my, down at. My joy BYU. overfloweth we right love. now, Sean. <laughs> good. It's good. a great day
1: for you, Spencer. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> the vitriol right now. I was having a great day to, until about five minutes ago. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
0: oh, thank you, Sean. Okay, okay. So mustache three out of ten. Gifts have uh, been, been. Thanks for coming out. on, Sean. Yeah, it was yeah, great yeah, to talk to you. Did. Yeah. Next time. Until yeah. next time.
1: So, so number one team in the country. You don't inherit a program that needs a rebuild. You inherit number one. What's that like?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, all credit to the coaches, uh, Chris and Rob and Mike and all these coaches in the past that have done a phenomenal job and the players, too, you know, that have uh, just built an absolute powerhouse of a program. And BYU's been you know, it, traditionally, in the over the last 15 years, when you look at the numbers, they've been the best team in the MPSF. Um, so, if you go back 15 years, I guess I was a part of that <laughs> at the at the kind of the start of a lot of success. You know, Carl McGowan won their first national championship in '99, and then uh, I came right off my mission off off that and was able to be a part of uh, two national championship programs in 01 and 04, and so, uh, yeah, it's it's a credit to a lot of great people, and it's, a, a, you know, a credit to the hard work that these guys put in, um, and, you know, it's, it's uh, nice to inherit a program like that, but uh, definitely... In the end, it's, it doesn't mean much right now. You know, the number one is still. I told the team the other day: there's better teams than us. There's teams with wins. We don't have a win yet, so we're oh and oh And there's some teams out there with with a win and a couple wins. And so, you know, we're fighting to catch those guys now. And uh, you know, we'll start uh, our work tonight.
0: Is being ranked number one in the preseason a good thing, or is it a bad thing?
2: Well. Yeah, uh, yet to be yet to be uh, told. You know, I've we've had that uh, when I was the coach with the women's program, the WCC. You know, we've uh, picked as favorites, and um, you're used to having a target on your back. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure we have. But you know, like I said, it's a credit to the guys and what. Obviously, someone's respecting their work and the the guys that are in the gym. Um, but. But I believe wholeheartedly that it doesn't mean much because we haven't got out and laced them up and got on the court and played. And we've got to go do that. And we've got a lot of work to do. You know, this is a a talented group of guys. But, you know, we've got to get out there and play. And we've got to play together. And we've got to, you know, figure each other out and how we play and kind of how we gel. And I think that's going to be. In the end, that's still a process. So, sure, it'd be nice to be ranked number one in the season over right now and say, (laughs) yeah, we're number one. But uh, that's not the reality of it. We want to grind and and play a a handful of matches and and see how far we can go.
1: Ben Patch uh, returned from his mission last year, spent a lot of time training with the U.S., but now he's back Uh for his sophomore year. How much better is he or how does he look at this point?
2: You know, I – I followed the guys, you know, Jeremy. I've been on, I've been on uh, to produ- the productions when we've, you guys have uh, aired the games. I-, I don't remember exactly. I've went back and watched some film of not only him but but other players when I took this over. You know, guys, Brendan from last year and Jake and a different handful of guys, the setters. And uh, you know, he's stronger. He's put on more weight. Um, but he had a phenomenal freshman season. We all know that, you know, they made a run, uh, all the way to the finals, uh, losing that final to, to, to UC Irvine. And so he's, uh, ideally, I believe he's more experienced, uh, more mature. He's been through a lot, you know, served a mission and, and, and then went and played with USA all summer. And so, you know, he's a, he better in terms of on the court. Sure. I'd like to think so. Um, but he, he had a phenomenal freshman campaign. And so um, I know that Ben, you know, like the rest of the guys, are doing their best to just look forward. And, you know, that's what you got to do. You can't sit back and it's like sitting back on the preseason number one and go, all right, this is great. You know, in the end, that doesn't mean anything. Mm. And, the, and the, the previous years don't mean much. When you're going forward, you got to go out and do it, you know. And now a lot of people know you. They're going to be keying in on you. And we know that going into the match.
0: What kind of a challenge does Loyola Chicago present tonight? They lost; they drop a game early, mm-hmm. but they're still the number three team in the country and back-to-back national champion. So, what what's the scouting report on the Ramblers?
2: Yeah, no, they they've that's great. <laughs> Talk about experience. You know, they've got some outstanding experience. They lost some key figures to that team, but in the end, they had a handful that were on the court too. So that's experience through an entire season an entire playoff uh, into the national championship two years in a row. And, uh, you know, so they, they've they got pretty high expectations, I would imagine. Um, and so, you know, you got to be, you know, we got to just get into that match, be even killed, you know, understand that it's the matches <laughs> – it's not one in the first or second points, nor in the fifth or, or tenth. You know, it's going to be a long night. You know, it's going to be ups and downs for both teams. And so if we can just, we want to stay as even as possible. We want to be steady and uh, just be there for the long haul, whatever that takes. And they're going to be, I believe, willing to do that as well because of their experience. You know, and, and just the, you know, the confidence of winning two national championships in a <laughs> row uh, goes a long way for those guys for sure.
1: You've had an interesting offseason in preparation leading up to this year at the setter position. You want to update Mm -hmm. us on who's there and who could potentially start tonight?
2: Yeah, you know, we've got Leo and Robbie that are battling it out. You know, Robbie comes in with a lot of experience. Uh, Leo's a young guy that's uh, done a great job for us, Um, really has uh, done a wonderful job adjusting to kind of a a few differences. There's not going to be major differences. People have asked that, and I don't think you're going to sit there and watch our team and go, whoa, this is – totally different than what was going on before. But, you know, there might be some minor things, and Leo's done a great job uh, with that, and and Robbie as well. You know, here's a kid that's been with a a different coach his entire career, and uh, he's been wonderful and just very mature through the entire thing, Uh, just doing doing his best to be a leader in the group, and he's doing a good job. And so, uh, you know, we're excited to see, uh, you know, what comes of that tonight as we get going. It's not a
0: Sean Olmstead interview without a hat and without some pizzazz (laughs) in the
2: shirt. But my next question is...
0: What are you rocking tonight, man? What are you you wearing tonight? your first match as a men's coach.
2: I I still probably haven't figured that out. I don't know. (laughs) Ask my wife. Uh, Somebody should – well, actually, she doesn't have Twitter or any of that stuff. So I don't know. If you have her number, get a hold of her and ask her. No. Uh, you going going suit? No, I've never gone suit. So I've never – never have gone suit. So, you know, I'll wear a shirt and tie and, you know, I'll keep it low-key. Try to – for sure – not about me, that's for sure, um, and uh, it's about the guys. You know, we enjoy the, the match. is a fun time for the guys to get out there express uh you know all their hard work and just enjoy that moment and so you know i think they're they're ready and excited to do that
0: i'll be wearing these tonight okay. as i'm watching there you go uh, a handful of the guys they, will be wearing them
2: they, as well yeah they wear them too they wear them so there you go feel apart you, you just feel you can, a connection a direct you can come you know sub one if you need we don't have as many <laughs> subs in, as men's volleyball but i'm sure i could try to use one of, in, our, one of our one of our subs uh, with you I'll it, take a volleyball to the face
1: for you. There you go. Guys. Yeah. In that's pickup, all I need. You can go five for 14 in those. That's what those will do for you this year.
2: <laughs>
0: I love it. Sean, great to have you on. Good luck tonight.
1: Yeah. Thank you, guys. I, always, always fun to be here.
0: Sean Olmstead and number one ranked BYU men's volleyball. Get the season start tonight against Loyal
1: of Chicago. Jerem Jordan. Ready. Are you ready to go, right? You're all prepared. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I can't believe Sean gave me a three out of four on my mustache. That was amazing. <laughs> 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 the whip hits
0: next. Three out of four? BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem,
1: let's whip it.
2: It's time for the Cougar Whiparound. Don't be one,
1: basketball. Don't interrupt the sounder. BYU beat Santa Clara 97-61 last night. Kyle Collinsworth put up his ninth triple-double in the win with 21 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. Cougars play San Francisco tomorrow night at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Women's basketball. I'm sorry. I'm distracted
0: by my brand-new shoes. The Cougars defeated Santa Clara on the road 68-63, led by Lexi Rydalch's 27 points. Kalani Purcell's 17 points and 12 rebounds. They play San Francisco tomorrow at 5 Eastern. Volleyball.
1: Men's volleyball, number one in the country, plays number three Loyola tonight, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Gymnastics Gymnastics opening the season as well tonight.
0: 8 Eastern at Utah against the fourth-ranked Red Rocks live on the Pac-12 Network.
1: Football. Greg Swain reports the Big 12 is BYU on standby for possible expansion, depending on next week's vote. We'll have him on next week for more on the subject. Mm -hmm. Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Sorensen and the
0: Kansas City Chiefs play at the Houston Texans on Saturday, 420 Eastern on ABC in a wild
1: card game. Jimmer and Jimmer the Westchester Knicks face the Reno Bighorns. Who? At 3.30 Eastern on NBA TV. Tennis.
0: Men's team hosting Southern Utah today at 7.30 Eastern at the indoor courts.
1: Swimming and diving. The men's team competes against Grand Canyon today at 3 Eastern time. Track and field.
0: And the Cougar Collegiate Indoor Invitational continues today after the start of the heptathlon events yesterday. Today's rise and shout. Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Jerem, do the
1: honors. Kyle Collinsworth, night triple-double. That one's the most obvious one we've ever had in the history of this show, which has been two and a half years.
0: What was the best part of last night's BYU basketball game? Our elite tweet of the day. From at my cyber lawyer. It is finally revealed why Spencer and Jerem are broadcasters. One for ten shooting between them.
1: Yeah, we hey, never claim to be you, elite athletes. You come
0: in and make it in a bucket on a live television radio show. Whatever. Thanks to our guests. Show on demand. Download the podcast for Jeremiah. i Spencer. Shout out to Zed Mendenhall.